0: The one thing that is undeniably universal is that death is inevitable. The death of a loved one is unsettling, regardless of the situation, and as such, those at the end of the process serve an invaluable role. Our friend Randy with Stokes, Proc & Munt and the Cremation Society is here to tell us how funeral directors are here to provide much-needed assistance. Our main job is to educate, to comfort, to give them order, and to help them consider celebrating the life of the person that they lost, which is very therapeutic for them in the long run. Randy and the folks at Stokes, Proc & Munt, along with the Cremation Society, are available to answer any of your questions, including pre-planning your arrangements. Check them out online and on social media. Well, hello, everyone. Talk of the Town is up and running in O'Claire, Wisconsin, USA. I'm Scott Montesano, and as always, this is where the Chippewa Valley comes to talk. A brand new day is upon us, and a brand new month is upon us. Here we are in the month of November. Welcome in to November. Scott Montesano with you, and again, glad to be with us here today. And again, whether you are following on the podcast or you're watching on Facebook, so happy that uh, you've joined on in to our little radio party today. You're, you're, you're getting your dose of audible chocolate, if you will. You're getting your nice little dose of audible chocolate on this uh, lovely uh, November day, depending on what day you're pulling it in. Uh, don't forget, at echometownradio.com, we've got a lot for you to be uh, t- checking out. At ECHometownRadio.com. We, of course, have an all-new Banker with a Beer. Michael Perry episode is up. Check that out. We've got Mark on Unleashed. Very popular podcast of ours. All-new Dose of Dog is out there as well. We want you to check that out. And uh, Real True Talk with the folks from True Living. And they chat with the owner of Silly Serrano a very popular Mexican eatery in downtown Eau Claire. And you're going to want to hear her unique take on balancing work and life. Balancing work and life. Uh, That is with the uh, owner of Silly Serrano in downtown Eau Claire. So if you have an opportunity, make sure you check out all of those podcasts at echometownradio.com. New stuff dropping almost every day. It's like back in the 90s when you would go to the mall. There's something new every day. Check it out. Uh, Speaking of checking things out, check out our friends at WQOW. They went for the early jugular in the... November local news sweepstakes, the ratings race, put a a feature story on yours truly out on WQOW yesterday. Go to WQOW.com. Go to the sports section. You can check that out. A story on yours truly. Oh, I didn't think they were allowed to put pornography on the broadcast channels. Oh, Very nice, though, of the people at WQOW and to Evan Denton for putting that package together. Uh, Check it out for yourself at WQOW.com and the uh, sports section for them. One other thing I wanted to get to before we dive into some things today. Uh, Of course, this weekend was Halloween. It was trick-or-treating time for families and what have you. Trick-or-treating time. The wife and I took uh, our kids out for trick-or-treating on Sunday, and I know some people took their kids out for the various downtown uh, events that were going on in, in various communities, including right here in Eau Claire, but uh, we, we waited to the traditional Sunday night, trick-or-treating on Halloween itself, and it was outstanding. Uh, great turnout of people in our neighborhood. Packed to the gills, if you will. And an awful lot of people were giving out candy. It just felt fun. It was nice. That's the best way of putting it. It was nice. Especially after last year. Where we went out as a family. But you didn't see as many people going out last year. And people were handing candy out at the end of their driveways. You weren't able to go up to the house. Though I will say, I kind of like that. People were... Out in their driveways more, they were having little bonfires. You didn't see that as much this year. But it was more traditional. People went up to the doors. More people were home to give out candy. More people were out on the street. And you'll like to see it. You'll you'll love to see it. And I, and I know there was an awful lot of people that skipped trick-or-treating last year. So this means even more to them this year. And then almost on cue, we had the trick-or-treating on Sunday night. And then Monday night, we get some flurries. We didn't get snow. They, they officially said we got a trace. But you stepped outside, and you saw those that spittle coming down. Let you know. We're now into the holiday season. The holiday season has begun. I'm not saying Christmas. I'm not saying you start turning on the Christmas lights. I'm not saying the Christmas music should start playing. I'm saying, though, we're in the holiday season now. People will start getting their shopping going. You're already hearing people say, get it done earlier. Thanksgiving's right around the corner. Then you're really going to get going. Continuing on, uh, common sense. Rarely on this program are we able to applaud common sense. But we are able to applaud common sense today. Common sense sometimes does prevail, and it prevailed with the Oakware Area School District Board on Monday night. Now, we all know about the COVID quarantine rules, and many people have been impacted by them. Both fairly, and I don't want to say unfairly, but you know what I mean. You're a a contact, you feel fine, but you've got to stay home. Uh, You can't go to work, or your kid can't go to school. You feel fine, and maybe you test negative, but you still have to sit out a certain number of days before you're allowed back in, even with a negative test. Well, the Oakland Area School District Board has decided, more than likely, the vote will not be official until the middle of November but they'll likely be allotting some more quote-unquote COVID leave days for staff so they don't have to use up their vacation, so they don't have to use up sick leave because of COVID quarantines. Phil Lyons, whom we've hammered on this program for other things, said it perfectly last night. Being quarantined due to COVID shouldn't be dinged against you. It shouldn't be a, a punishment. Now, some people, when they've got COVID, they, they're sick. They're, they're sick. They're, they're, they're out because they are sick. But this is more so for the people that are feeling fine that would otherwise be going into work, but they're not allowed to because they are deemed a close, a close contact or they have to stay home because a child has had to stay home due to COVID. So I like this. I like this common sense. People are not abusing their vacation days. People are not abusing sick leave, and they and and, and they're staying home when they don't want to stay home. They otherwise would be fine to go. So I like this. It's common sense. Add some more days. It's part of being a good organization. To your employees. You know, I tie it back into what I said earlier. You want to go listen to that podcast we have, Real True Talk with the folks from True Living. They talk to the owner of Silly Serrano, episode just dropped today. And she talks about how time is almost more valuable than money in the eyes of employees nowadays. And it's the same thing here. You know, I like this in the school board. People are having to stay home because of quarantines. It's not like they're staying home and partying. Now, one could argue, hey, there's already sick leave. Utilize your sick leave. And there's going to be differences here. When somebody is literally sick with COVID, they're going to have to use up some sick leave before this. But this is especially when the person could physically work but has to stay home because of quarantine rules. November 15th. Will be the official vote. Uh, staying with the school district, uh, no enrollment rebound at the Oakware Area School District, and this is a statewide trend and in kind of a local trend. No enrollment rebound this year. There was obviously the drop off last year because of COVID, and then this year a slight dip statewide, less than a percent. Oak area school district saw a 5% drop last year. A lot of it attributed to the fact that 4K didn't exist. And the numbers this year are holding steady. Chippewa Falls also holding steady. Altoona, though, is seeing growth for a fourth straight year. So take that for what it is. Uh, didn't plan on talking about this today. I'll bring it up now because, and I'll, and I'll throw it out there. We, we've got a number of people that email the program with things they want us to talk about, uh, ideas they want us to, to talk about. Uh, a shout out to our friend, Mary. Uh, Mary knows who she is. Uh, Mary, uh, Mary's been emailing us a lot. <laughs> <laughs> in the last a little bit. And we definitely appreciate it. Don't agree with everything Mary emails us with, but she also points us in the direction of some good things as well. A uh, couple of things she brought up that I've talked about on this program before. Uh, obviously, last week was Halloween. Some schools had Halloween parties. Some schools didn't have Halloween parties within school districts. Within school districts. You know, the Oak Area School District, some elementary schools you could wear your costume, others you couldn't. And she you know, and and it goes deeper than that, by the way. Mask rules are a little bit different at each school. You know, where my kids go to school at Manns, they're not they were not allowed to wear their Halloween costumes, but they don't have to wear masks on the playground. At Meadowview elementary, full on Halloween party, but they have to wear masks on the playground all the time. And I don't say this to start up everyone's opinion, and and, and Mary had emailed us for a a different opinion. My thing is this, why is it different? why, Why isn't it just across the board? And I've hammered this before, and I finally, by the way, was able to start getting some answers from the Oak Square Area School District. I've talked about it before that I have casually had conversations with people saying, why are each school different shouldn't it be the same and I get dumbfounded looks from people going what do you mean it's not the same and long story short I reached out to my kids principal and eventually got in touch with people at the higher end of the school and I could really start to dive into this more because the explanation we've now gone beyond me getting the explanation now I'm just not agreeing with it but the reason that each school is different And each rules are different at schools. Is because the principals are given the authority to do it. And it falls under the idea of the curriculum. The curriculum at each school is slightly different. It shouldn't be majorly different, but it's slightly different depending on the different students at the different schools. Adjustments are made. Adjustments are made as they see how things are progressing, hence the reason why one elementary school in Eau Claire is different than the other, but there should not be wide differences. The idea of Halloween parties, and apparently wear masks have to be worn and not outside, that falls under sort of like a loophole. It falls under the jurisdiction of the principal. And it's one of those things that people don't really think about or all that, because... The principals are given leeway for more important things, like curriculum, but things like Halloween parties and all that, I guess it also falls under their code and hence the reason you get different opinions. So one of these days we'll talk more about it. Uh, I'd love to, on one of our podcasts, get somebody from the school district on where I can ask, gonna kind of be like a, like a kindergartner. Well, why is this the case? Blah, 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 blah. No, no, no. Why? Like, uh, my kids live 100 yards from the Meadowview School District. If we were 100 yards that way, (laughs) my kids would have to wear a mask on the playground. Right now, they don't. They'd have to wear a mask on the playground, and they would have had a Halloween party. But they live where we are right now, so no Halloween party, but optional masks. It doesn't make any sense. All right, I continue on. And By the way, it's not just about having Halloween parties and all that. I'm sure there's people at Meadowview schools and other schools that had Halloween parties that didn't want a Halloween party. So I get off on these tangents. Uh, the other thing, too, is I've had numerous people, again, email. I just explained this last week or maybe two weeks ago, saying, hey, Constantly, I, I get about 15 people email me the Regis Catholic schools quarantine numbers. And Regis doesn't have uh, mandatory masks. So why is, why are they still mandatory at Eau Claire schools? And I come back with all of you with this. This is the thing I'm going to tell you all. Especially at the elementary ages, at the Regis schools, the various elementaries, the kids are wearing masks. The teachers are almost universally wearing masks, so I know what you're trying to do. I get it. I understand it. You're you're not. You don't want masks to be optional. You don't want kids wearing masks. What I'm telling you is, Regis isn't quite the white knight you think it is, because while the masks are optional, they're all wearing masks. They're all wearing masks. So. Cool your jets. I told you all. Come January, once we've had the vaccine as an option for a couple of months, I will. I will then start to hammer on the fact that masks should become widely optional. Really, schools are one of the are one of the last remaining spots that masks are mandatory. It's 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 coming. The masks are coming off. Just not yet. It's not, it's not not. a hill to die on quite yet. Not yet. Here's a story that doesn't... It's not necessarily a happy ending, but maybe a positive turn in the narrative. Remember that story from a few years ago? There was that baby up in Chippewa Falls who was killed at the hands of a 10-year-old girl At an in-home daycare facility. It was right at this time. Right at this time. uh, Three years ago. And it was a horrible story. The girl had some issues. uh, Of some violence and what have you. And she ends up killing this 10-year-old at the in-home daycare facility. If you need a refresher, you can Google it and remember it's a tragic story lot lot i mean i just tragic there's even other parts of that story there the the husband and wife uh had separated you may remember the 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 the, the man involved uh actually lost his job i forget exactly what he did this nate lidell he was with Chippewa county he was something with the county he lost his job uh and I forget what, what department he was in because so it just came to me. I didn't put it in my notes. But he lost his job. There was a lot of sketchiness in how he lost his job. Then he tried to run against the the person. He ended up losing that. So he had a rough run to this Nate Lydell. Well, Nate Lydell, who again lost his son to at the hands of this uh, this 10-year-old girl. And we won't know how that turns out with the girl because it's in juvenile court and all that. It's, 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 it's buried at this point. He has started up a nonprofit. Legitimately gone, got in the 501c3, uh, started up a nonprofit that he's calling Win for Jax. Jax was the name of his son. Win for Jax, which will raise money and advocate for the child victims of crime. So, again, it's, it's too trite and simplistic to say here's the happy ending. Uh, but I think that it definitely is. A more positive turn to the narrative for this uh, for this gentleman. Remember, he's always been out front with this. I, I remember when the story first broke, and throughout that, he's always been the one out front that we've we've rarely if ever heard uh, from the mother. So good for good for Nate. Uh, in any type of tragedy, in any type of bad thing that happens to you. One of the worst parts about it is the fact that you don't have control. And the sooner you can get control back to your narrative, there's always a positive to that. So good for him. He started up this nonprofit and has a little bit more control over the situation than he had before. So good for him on that. Hey, credit to the fine folks up in Chippewa Falls. Uh, story I saw on the Luter Telegram, Chippewa Falls has started, and I think this is the second year they've got it, a media class. And not a class where they study media necessarily, a class where they produce content. Videos for YouTube, they do some print stuff as well, they have a media class. Outstanding. I love to see it. Absolutely love to see it. Uh... Good for them. I, I I think every school should have a type of media class. Now, there's a couple caveats to this that I'm going to bring up here in a moment, but teach kids about content creation. Real content creation. Not just taking a phone and doing some video and getting Instagram likes. I still tell people I don't think that's going to be a long-term career in a number of years. The idea of the Instagram influencer. Alright, at one point the bottom's gonna be the, the plug's gonna be pulled on that. There is no safety net to that. But teach kids honest to God, true content creation. Because that only whether you want to get into broadcasting or you want to work for a business, it's important because content creation is so key. It's how you market. It's how you communicate with people. I think it's, I think it's good. And, and teach kids things like podcasting. Teach kids how to do news shows. Kids that want to do sports, play by play. How do you do interviews? All that sort of thing. But as I said, the caveat is this. Who's teaching the kids? Who's teaching the kids? That's not a knock on, on educators. But when you start getting into more of this quote unquote real world stuff like a media class you can't just take the English teacher or the history teacher or somebody who's dabbled a little or took a couple of broadcast journalism classes in college and have them do this. Take advantage of in this area we're lucky in this area. There's a lot of areas that are this size that don't have two TV stations. and new, you know, well, it's one newspaper group I think at this point. Now the Chippewa Herald's owned by somebody different, right? Yeah. Well, you get the idea. You've got some media outlets here. You've got me. You've got other people. Have them teaching these classes, or have these people regularly in that school, or interacting with these kids. And I'll tell you right now, it, it won't all come for free. But you'll get some pro bono labor out of the people that will come and teach the kids and talk to them. That's important. Take more advantage of that. It's a big issue, by the way. You know, I, I mentioned at the beginning of the show, you go on the QOW and see the big story about me and Blue Gold Athletics. It's one thing. It's one thing. I'll take I'll take a, a shot at a at at the University of Wisconsin Eau Claire. Oh, oh boy, here goes. There goes my, my paycheck. And it, it it's it's a, it's a open secret in local media. And quite frankly, it's an open secret from some of the professors in the journalism class I know there as well. Journalism department. They don't inter. They don't. They don't interact enough with the journalism and media students, at Uwec with the broadcast professionals outside. And whether it's me or others, we'd love to help. Love to help. Love to just allow you to pick the brain in all of that. Love to. So take advantage of the resources that are around. So whether it's the university, whether it's Chippewa Falls in this new media class, whether it is the Oak schools that have some of the foundation for these things, reach out, whether it's to me or to other people. Reach out. And get past the idea. There, there's some people at, in local media that have never left the area and really don't have much experience. But there's others, not just me, but a bunch of others who've been around. We've licked our fair share of peanut butter. Ask. Just ask. We'd love to help these kids out. I know i love to help these kids out. And they're the next wave. You know, we don't have all the answers because things have changed. So let's give them the foundation that we have and let them improve upon it. <laughs> Part of it, though, is and it's not necessarily an issue with the university because when I've taught to students at the university, they're excited. But I do know going around to some other places – I'll always go and introduce myself to student broadcasters at a ball game or something. And say, hey, how's it going if you ever need anything? And there, there's more than enough times I've been told to get away from me, old man. Almost almost those words. <laughs> get, away, get, away, get away from me, old man. They, 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 don't, they, they, they don't want the old-timers help, if you will. <laughs> uh, we, a couple of things we didn't get to today. Uh, the old quirk... Uh, Oakirk County is going to hire more outside legal counsel uh, with all of the stuff going on with the DHS just to make sure. Remember, they had had Rick White. Uh, Rick White's no longer employed by the county and all this. And they, they they can't have their own person because it's a conflict of interest. So they got to hire somebody outside. Uh, as, I, as I said last week, I think we'll be, you know, keep that in the back of your mind that DHS because I, 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 I I really, I really think come the springtime that's going to really eat up a lot of our programs because I, I have a... Fi- DHS and all of their surrogates have given us no reason to think they're going to be innocent. If they're guilty, not only is the DHS coming down, but all those surrogates are going to be coming down with them. That's going to be fun uh, come the spring uh, if that turns out to be the case. Uh, county... Uh highway department on um, fifty three is gonna get the new facility. The planning commission's okay, it's gonna go in front of the Claire City Council next week. That should be fine. And I don't really think there's anything else going on. Uh talked about the good thing about trick or treating, right? Yeah. <laughs> now, we're at that time we're at the we're at that time of the year though where there's there, there always seems to be a lot of news. So by the time we talk to you on Thursday, we'll see what pops up. It's not a city council week, so nothing really major uh, should happen between uh, now and then as far as city government goes. Remember, keeping the back burner as well. We're still without a city manager. Still without a city manager. (laughs) Well, that'll do it for for today's edition of Talk of the Town. Back with you on Thursday with an all-new edition. Until then... I'm Scott Manasato saying on behalf of everyone who made this podcast possible, there's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. Make sure to take advantage of it. And until next time, so long, everybody.